Welcome to CWDW Near Podcast, where we explore perspectives of the Walt Disney World Resort from 10 to 1,000 miles away. I am Mike, the foreignness equation. And I'm John, about 10 miles away. And John, I'm going to be about 10 miles away or so here in a couple days when I come down there. So, got that trip coming up. But uh, today we're going to discuss the era of taking risks for Disney. From Walt Disney, seemingly on up to Michael Eisner, they were willing as a company to take risks. And what happened? Why don't they do it anymore? And what what do we have as examples as far as risks? Well, we're going to talk about one of them, and that's Alien Encounter. And we'll probably discuss a few other ones, mention a few other uh, attractions that they really took the risks on. Some of them worked and some of them didn't, but the point is that they took the risks, right, John? So, yeah, yeah, they definitely did. And like, like you said, we could cite some successes, some failures, but overall, the successes really stuck with people. So, it's something worth considering. Yep, and that's it. What stuck with people? Well, it's typically the things they took risks on. So, all right, John, how'd your week in the parks go? Well, it wasn't much of a week in the parks. I, uh, I went to. Key West last weekend, and that's the southernmost point of Florida. So all the way down, I think they call it like mile zero on, I don't know, one of those, whatever road it's on. So basically, I, I, I went so far down that I could I was looking at the Gulf and the Atlantic together, mm. you know, and you could look over and see the sunset on the... Uh, golf side and you could see the sun rise i think on the atlantic side i think i have that right right yeah yeah because yeah. you have to get up early to see the sunrise on the east sun rises so. in the east yeah so i was so far down that there really was no east and west left it's about as far down as you can get so and that's uh i guess there probably are some more islands further down maybe but i'm not even sure i'm not really much of an expert on it first time i was there and uh yeah it was pretty cool not really for kids but um definitely a interesting place and you know beautiful place to uh to go and my my wife and i are into like art and stuff so we we uh, you know liked shopping all the shops and you know getting stuff to eat and all that and we didn't drink a whole lot but still probably a lot more than normal considering where we were <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's Parrothead country, right? Isn't that like Jimmy Buffett? A lot of Jimmy Buffett type people and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. There's just bars everywhere, bars, and even just walking down the road, you can get a sl- a refillable slushy with, you know, I don't I don't know what kind of alcohol they put in it, but whatever kind of alcohol, it's like it's just you know stuff to drink everywhere. So yeah, I but you. again. Um, I, I was saying earlier, it's one of those places. When I first went to Disney World, I didn't think a lot of it. I remember thinking, uh, you know, it's a lot of kids and kind of weird. And But then when I got home, I really wanted to go back again. And I kind of feel the same about this. When I got home, I was like, I wonder when my next trip will be back to Key West. That was pretty cool. That's great. Sounds like you got another option then for, uh, yeah. for taking a trip. 
Yeah, when you live right next to Walt Disney World, I guess you got to find somewhere to go on vacation. Yeah, what's what's going to stimulate you uh, once you go to Disney World, you know? So, I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I guess you could say Grand Canyon or going to see Old Faithful Yellowstone yeah. or something. But, you know, I mean, heck, you, if you got Disney and you're an annual pass holder, you're going to go there for your daily thing. So I imagine, you know. It's kind of yeah. hard. I, I really like the idea of cruises, too. I think uh, once they come back in full force, I'm very interested on taking a cruise that, that stops in Mexico. Like, I want to see some of the uh, Mayan pyramids and stuff in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather go by way of a billion-dollar cruise line than I would just going there because Mexico's gotten a little dangerous over the past like, 20 years. Like I've, I've been there before and uh, I, I visited when the government controlled the tourist areas and I don't think they do anymore. I think the whole country is pretty much cartel at this point. So not, yeah. not that they would bother me, but it's just not as safe as it used to be. Right, and yeah. that's just my opinion. I know there's probably a thousand people. Oh, I went there and it's fine. So I want to go out in the jungle on excursions. And even yeah. 20 years ago, it was a little bit sketchy to do that. I've already been yeah. the back of horses up in the mountains of Puerto Vallarta, and there's no safety in anything up there. I don't know what happens if you get hurt, but luckily nobody does, and you're just in the middle of nothing. So mm-hmm. I, I do. I have a friend that did that. That um took a uh, jungle cruise down the river when he went on a Mexican cruise and uh, you know they they get in a boat and they have you know uh, it's it's supposedly it was very safe they cooked a meal for him and everything he and him and his wife and a couple other couples and he said it was great you know they unfortunately he drank the water and that wasn't very good because he was sick the rest of the cruise well, <laughs> imagine if something bad happened and you're on like let's say royal caribbean they don't want that bad publicity you know so they kind of make it a point that they're only gonna have the most reputable tour guides and the most the the safest way that you can see the cool stuff and again i've been to mexico when i was younger and you know it's i wouldn't call it safe (laughs) i've seen (laughs) i've seen the parasail things up in the ocean go past each other probably like five feet and i'm thinking my <laughs> if they hit the guys with the boats are probably just le- leaving and i don't know that's who knows what happens yeah. and you know i've already gone on like snorkeling things and i don't speak spanish and the guys would just throw food and some of it lands practically on me and i'm swarmed with these weird fish with these big jaws and it's like luckily it was harmless but i have no idea they sure as heck look scary you know <laughs> So anyway, Key Key West was very nice. I really liked it a lot. I don't know how we ended up in Mexico. Um, I look forward to going back again sometime. Um, Then uh, after I got back, I scheduled a day to go to Animal Kingdom, actually the next day. And I just wanted to take pictures of some of the new statues and such. And then it a rainstorm came in right after I was done working that was supposed to last till seven, which is when Animal Kingdom closed. So I canceled it and I went back the next day instead on a Thursday. And I got there about five o'clock and I saw all the statues and all that. I rode uh, Expedition Everest and then I rode Flight of Passage and pretty much no weight on either. So the lines were still pretty low there. My one disappointment was 
I wanted to go uh, and get the Satui Canteen and get the salad that I love. And, you know, I was in line for Flight of Passage and it wasn't available to mobile order. Then I got out of line and it was probably a little after six. And they said, oh, we're not taking anyone else for the day. So they basically closed an hour or so early, which, Mm. you know, I, I find that terrible because I love the food and... Disney's just saving a few dollars by sending everyone home a little early, so they they tend to do that. But mm. for for me, it was very disappointing though that I just couldn't get the food. So I went to Chipotle and got my you know my chicken uh, burrito bowl for like seven dollars. So well, you saved a little out. money anyhow. Thanks, Disney. Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, that was disappointing. And then last night. We went back to uh, Universal for Horror Nights again. But the last time we went, we got to Horror Nights around like 6, 6.30. Mm-hmm. And the traffic around there was so backed up that it was awful. Like I-4, it was backed right up on I-4. Um, to get in there was just gridlock everywhere. And this time we left, I left right after work, maybe even a little bit early early so we literally got there by about five o'clock horror nights doesn't start until 6 30 so we went over to islands of adventure and the lines have been low there lately too which is great so we went on cat in a hat just because it's walk on and i always like that and then we decided we were going to try velocicoaster because it said 25 minutes i was like you just can't beat that, you know? Like, let's go on it one more time before the crowds come back, you know? So we did that, and not only did we ride it, we waited in the, for the front seat. Because mm. I've been on the front seat before, but my wife hasn't, so we rode it in the front seat. And I had my spy glasses with me, so we have some of that footage, too. So Nice. I wonder if that would make a good YouTube. I could. It probably would. I, yeah, I, front seat might be nice. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the last time, the last one we did, it wasn't front seat, right? It no, was, uh, no, it wasn't. <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah, but, I think that would definitely. Any front seat on a roller coaster or anything like that, it usually yeah. is a really good video. Well, then we went over, you know, by then it was, you know, running a little bit late. We, not late, but we went over around 6.30 and didn't have any issue getting into Horror Nights and we went through the last four houses that we haven't done yet. Mm. And everybody had said uh, Wicked Growth and the uh, Puppet the- Theater ones were the best. And I have to agree. Like We, we went on them, and man, they were really good. And uh, then we went in to Scary Indiana, I think it's called, which I don't really even know what that's all about. But it was a pretty good house, though. And then we went on... Uh, bride of frankenstein and that was there last year so we had already seen it but you know i didn't remember it from last year so we Mm -hmm. did those four houses and mobile ordered some voodoo donuts and we were picking up the donuts by eight o'clock as we're heading to the car so that gives you an idea of uh, how late i stay out the the horror nights was literally just filling up like the crowds were all just coming in and uh, my wife and I were like, oh, we got to get out of here. It's almost eight. It was already eight o'clock. It's like <laughs> we're, we're rushing out. So, you know, we got home by like 835. I, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. If uh, if I get through, if we end up getting uh, 
front of the line access, you know, we do that and we actually get in there early too with the early pass thing that you can add on. Mm-hmm. If the, I don't have crazy lines, I mean, I'm not going to stay there till, you know, all hours <laughs> of the morning. I, I, you know, if I could get that stuff wrapped up in a, in a reasonable amount of time, I'm going to get it wrapped up. I'm going to enjoy everything. I really am. I might even, uh, you know, go back if I have the opportunity, like go back into another house, you know, that I really liked, whatever the favorites are. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm also thinking about uh, you know, if I can ride some of the rides that are going to be available. Oh, there. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I sort of like to see that uh, show. They do a show, right? Don't they? I didn't see that yet because the first show was at 8 o'clock, and that's so late at night that I had yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> I was running out of the park, but oh, I got to force myself to stay. Probably when I'm there with you ne- ne- next week would be a good time to see it. So. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I hope you're not too tired to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah. based on that, you can tell I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I, I have a good time in Key West partying all night. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, sun, <laughs> the sun was setting. I was like, oh, no, I got to get back. Maybe, to maybe Key Largo would have been more your speed. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but probably. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, what so, else did you do this week, John? Yeah, that's about it. That's it. Right? Yeah, okay. I, I was in Key West for most of it and got just a couple of quick park trips. So, um, out of your houses that you have experienced, then what is so? Would you say the pumpkin one is your favorite, or? Yeah, I think Wicked Growth is just. It's a good house. the The characters in it are good and. Universal is just really good at using pumpkins to decorate and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. It, it really is well done. But the Puppet Theater one was pretty darn good, too. So, mm. What was your least favorite? I don't know. They must always... have been darn good because you, you're really taking, you know, it's hard for you to even think of that. Well, I don't know what my least favorite. I hate to I hate to pick out a least favorite uh, I, I, because I, I've only gone in them uh, one each and so, for some re- reason like i heard like texas chainsaw was really good but like when i went through it it wasn't i think i missed most of the scares or something mm. you know so maybe that one for now but i have a feeling the next time i go through it it'll be much better so yeah, yeah. but yeah i don't really dislike any of them i i uh yeah i think the bride of frankenstein might be my least favorite though but only because I did it last year, and she does a lot of screaming, and I have a touch of the autism. And I don't like screaming that much. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But well, overall, that's in, that I, good, yeah. but, I was going to say, I think that's a consensus, actually. That's probably the least talked about of all of them. Well, it, if you even if you get uh, Express, I would recommend... The first couple you go on, if you can, I don't know what happens with the stay er, er, early thing, like which houses are open or not open or whatever. But if you were just in the park at 630, I would recommend going all the way back to Wicked Growth or Pump or uh, Puppet Puppet Theater. Theater. Because they're all the way in the back and there's probably not going to be much of a line for a while. It takes a while the the crowd goes in and they go to the first houses and then the remainder goes straight into uh, I think it's icons and 
Tooth Fairy and something and uh, uh, like basically the ones right up front are what everybody hits. All the way in the back, there's four houses and back by E.T., there's two houses. I think it's, I don't remember which ones exactly, but there's two back there. And then the two I, I just went on are right by Men in Black. So I would head to Men in Black and ride them because then if you really did like them, I think Express only lets you go on once. Yeah. So I've heard of people trying to not use the Express Pass right away because why do it at first when you can just get on easy enough? So you could do two or three, but I would start in the back. If you have Express, I would definitely start in the back. Otherwise, okay. it still might be better to start in the back, but I'm not 100% sure. You know, it's yeah. it's an idea to start in the back and do all them. Then yeah, as the lights die down a little, do the ones in the front. I think that would be good, too. But again, I haven't really tested it because I have Express. So mm -hmm. That's smart. Okay. That's good advice. That's what we'll probably do then. All right. Yeah, and if you don't get Express, I think I could probably send you the thing. No one's ever asked me for ID yet. They just look no. at it. So I could I could just go on a wait in a couple of houses with you, and then you could have it and go through. So theoretically, well, but let's see what happens. So yeah, let's see. I don't what know. Happens. I don't know what's gonna yeah. happen now. My my daughter is also going, and oh, okay, it's the only night that her boyfriend's mom can go. So she's going, and she was like, oh, well, are you going to go through houses with us? I was like, well, I'm meeting other people there, too. But oh, yeah. who knows? But, Maybe our group will grow. But Yeah, that's, that's not a problem. Out. Not a problem at all. That's more uh, more screams for the pot, right? Yeah. <laughs> <For the> <laughs> uh, all right. So you ready to get into our discussion then, Sean? Yep. All right. So, again, we're... We're just talking about the era where Disney took risks, and I, it just seems like they've passed by that era. Now, some people might point to the fact that Disney bought all these companies, but all and and like did Disney Plus and all that. But that was a formula that is tried and true and already tested. They waited in the background while places like Netflix had successes, and. Then with Hulu, they waited and waited and shared the burden of Hulu and then bought everyone else out and took that over. And then they bought Fox and they bought Marvel and they bought, um, uh, you know, Star Wars and, and Lucasfilm. And these are all tried and true and safe bet things that they bought. So I don't really consider those risks. What I consider risks and what John and I were talking about earlier um, you know, Alien Encounter, that was a big risk. Uh, you know, another risk too, the Haunted Mansion, you know, when they built the Haunted Mansion, they put some risk involved in, in that, uh, in that era, in that particular era. And, you know, um, Pirates of the Caribbean was a little bit of a risk. I, it's not like pirates were, you know, talk, singing about, um, selling women and drinking and all the things that pirates did and everything in the song and everything in the ride. Yeah, there's a little bit of risk involved there, I guess. But, uh, you know, the point is that they used to innovate. They took risks and they're not really doing that as much anymore. Uh, Alien Encounter in particular was a really, really big risk. And judging by people's memory of it, I would say it was a, a fairly successful risk, wouldn't you, John? Yeah, I would. I, I was saying I never went on it before. 
Um, I have heard the, you know, the binaural recordings of it many times, so I'm familiar with it. But I did uh, post a, a little clip of it today that I got from my uh, Disney Explorer CD, and it got a lot of attention. And so many people were of the opinion that they loved that ride. And other there, there were a handful of people that said terrible. But most of them said it scared them when they were a kid. One person said, oh, when my whole family went on it and I was scared to death, but I didn't want to be left alone, so I went anyway. But then they loved it. And the one thing that you can say across the board was nobody forgot it, and they all had a strong, strong reaction to it. And it's one of those things, like I said before, um, when you have something unique, it was the only place to see it in the world. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 it was an experience all to itself. So, if it would have been just you know a retelling of a movie you've already seen, you can watch that movie whenever you want. It's not special, but this just another one of those things that I think was very special. Yeah, it's unique IP just to the attraction. I, I can tell you that uh, I had a relative that my one of my relatives uh, went on it, and uh, when he was fairly young, you know, like a like a young teenager, and he screamed the entire time and cried like a little baby. So he was terrified about it, you know, about it. But he has a story to tell now, and he has a memory, you know. I bet he and never forgot it though. He never forgot it. Um, I took my uh, oldest daughter on the attraction when we were down there uh, shortly before it closed. And she just, you know, she was very upset, but she, you know, and she was, she was younger, but she was very upset. And after that, you know, scared to death and all that and screaming. And it was very intense. It was so out of character for Disney to do something like that. But let me tell you, that is a successful formula. People do it all the time. Uh, we were just talking about an example of that in Universal's Horror Nights. How successful has that been throughout the years? Well, Disney had an attraction that kind of captured that same thing. And part of the terror and part of the risk that they took is actually restraining you into a chair, which it often by itself is terrifying for a lot of people. But the chair kind of wrapped halfway around you, and during the entire attraction, you had this horrible alien that you only captured like brief glimpses of. And it was a terrifying looking thing. It looked like all the worst of the alien movies, you know? And all around you in these high definition speakers, it was running around you in circles. You could literally hear it, it was in stereo. And you could hear it running around you, and it wasn't laughing like the Stitch attraction made made it kind of cute and everything. It was like screeching and like growling, and and even at one point they they had it um, like by your ear, and you could hear it breathing in your ear, and they had that uh, air like slowly. Uh, blowing on your ear and all the while that was happening there were little drips on your shoulder (laughs) like it was salivating so that's part of the reason why it was so terrifying I think they made it so realistic they made it uh, as realistic as they could Um, outside of that that terrifying part 
they just had this whole buildup in this pre-show. And and it's like you said uh, in the lead up before we started recording, John, the the pre-show and um, making you feel like this was a real company that you were stepping into. Like this was actually a technology that somebody had invented. Granted, the characters were aliens, but um, and, and so that wasn't really necessarily realistic. But the way they talked and the way they acted like i could see where a little kid thought this was something real well i i listened to it and they're the only jokes to be had in it were a little bit um they were more like witty jokes like Mm -hmm. like the whole fact that if 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 something if you don't do something in excess it's not worth doing at all there's you know little stuff like that yeah. And and again, I I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was it was a great setup yeah. and I just like the fact that they weren't really playing around. They just it it was an experience. You're stepping into this and they're trying to sell you that this technology now exists and you're going to be lucky enough to see it in in person. And again, most people know it's not real or whatever, but you 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 did things like that to let yourself go and let yourself imagine it a little bit like you know it, it felt real to your brain you know, like especially when you think back to it you're probably thinking you experienced this stuff and you know it wasn't from a movie or and uh, speaking of that they did say it was gonna be based on alien but they didn't want to pay the licensing fee so they just yeah. made it generic alien. <laughs> Well, I can but again, see that. awesome. Yeah. It works. I, I can see that the alien was very reminiscent of the the xenomorph, uh, you know, from Alien, and uh, uh, it, it was it was terrifying. I mean, thing like like thrashed around in in this glass tube, and you know, when it broke out, it, there was nothing you know amusing about this thing. It was definitely uh, definitely something pretty frightening. So. But but it was good. It was a good a good frightening attraction, you know. And that seems to be what most of the people say about it too. Like that after I posted it, most people have fond memories and wish it would come back and just loved it. You know, yeah. there was for for every one person who said it was terrible, there were probably like fifteen that said it was great. You know. Yeah. So it's a really good. Uh, it it's like a social me- media stuff like or what what do they say in advertising it's like love love you or hate you as, lo- as lo- long as they're there to have an opinion it means yeah. something you know like it's good yeah so i definitely think they were on to something and i i was gonna say there there are other examples too but that the, this one was just a good one and again i've never been on it but it definitely was a risk, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we get into that a little bit? What what other attractions do you think were well, were an exa- were I, examples of risks that you know they they took along those lines? I I, I was gonna say even like uh, uh, for me a similar one was uh, the Living Seas. When you went there, they. They were pretending that you were at Sea Base Alpha, and now we're gonna go on the hydrolators and go deep, deep under the ocean, and it's all real. And look how it, they were trying to sell an illusion of realness, and it wasn't about being funny. It was no movie. It was, it's like you, it's like you find yourself in a 
place that doesn't really exist and and you're doing something that's not real but it is real it's right in front of you like it's just suspended belief maybe suspended disbelief i think they call it yeah but for me that that's huge it's like one of those people like you could ride soren and you can enjoy soren or you could ride i i always remember my niece rode and she's looking down she's looking over she goes oh you can see the screen is right there and i'm like i'm like that's not the point you're supposed to try and engage what they're trying to sell you and enjoy it you know and with rides with things like the hydrolator and like uh, alien encounter mm-hmm. you could you could relax and go with it and don't sit there thinking this alien's not real this isn't real they can't really it's like just go with it you're there go with it and you know a lot of stuff at disney works great when you do that so i just missed i don't i maybe i'm wrong but i don't feel like they do that anymore i really i don't think so i i would say that maybe the the best example of something that maybe was bordering on that would be the um flight of passage you know the world of avatar yeah you're right that is yeah that's not that wasn't a risk with because of the ip and stuff right but right it it is awesome though and they do pretend yeah you're right they do still do that and that's a great maybe that's why it's so successful too yeah like i said i don't think anyone really cares about the movie avatar at all but they're yeah. presenting you with a scenario as something real and all this stuff is real and what you're about to do is real. If you just relax and go with it, it's just great. You know, it really is. It, it really does feel like you're flying. And that, yeah, so yeah, that is a good thing. They do still do mm-hmm. it. Not as much though. Not as much. It, it's definitely, I mean, you're, you're probably, you know, for the foreseeable future, you're just typically going to see rides very similar to say ratatouille or uh um uh you know the the mickey mouse ride i I mean you know the runaway railway you're you're gonna see rides like that i think and those aren't really risks they're you know just proven ip uh they're cute rides no one's saying they're bad rides but they're just not up to that risk standard i think you know well another one that we talked about before the podcast just briefly and i've never been on it but again i've heard it enough to be familiar what is sounds dangerous that's Mm -hmm. another risk and i feel like that one didn't work out as well but it was still interesting and i'm very proud that disney actually tried it anyway they're like yeah let's try this out you know right yeah so yeah the fact that they would even do it oh i also somebody had said today Michael Eisner went on Alien Encounter before it was done. And this is back when the CEO actually cared about the rides. Like, I don't think yeah. I don't think Bob Chapek or Iger even know where Walt Disney World is. Like, they're like, what? So. Where? How much money? What? Like, they don't. <laughs> so but Eisner actually went there like he, he was so hands on. He was involved with the project from the start and he mm-hmm. went there and sat through alien encounter he said it wasn't scary enough so they had to delay the opening a week or so they said and make it more terrifying and i'm like man we need that a guy like that back again yeah <laughs> really we do we we need that yeah. all chapek would be saying is how much money what about the merchandise what do we yeah, yeah. cares about the ride 
what 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 are we selling no he would complain because of how dark the ride is he wouldn't be able to oh, put scenes in the commercial cut it, yeah yeah cut well. it over and over throughout the whole process yeah and then he'd be worried about having to pay licensing because the alien looks so similar to something else you know even though they own that now but yeah, they just say what ip what movie is this from <laughs> that's all we need to know what we own it now? Oh, but okay. I was complaining that. about that though, and somebody did prove me wrong. Like I said something along the lines of Expedition at Everest was like the last original ride wow. they ever did. And somebody said, Well, does Space 220 count? It's an original restaurant. And I did say kind of, but I said at that rate, you go from a ride to a restaurant and yeah. you go 20 years in between. I said at this rate. In the, sometime in the 2040s, we're going to have a, an original food cart somewhere. Like, <laughs> if we're lucky enough to be alive by then, we oh, might get man. a food cart another 20 years because at the rate of decline, you know, no, do, no. do the math. No, <laughs> it, it restaurant, two original ideas, 20 years in between. I think a food cart in the 2040s sounds about that's a. That's a reasonable projection. <laughs> well, they definitely uh, they definitely ride out that diffusion of innovation, don't they? I mean, they really do. <laughs> uh, that's what I mean with Disney's timelines, too. Yeah. They kind of make me sad because I'm like, I'm getting older and older and older. And it takes them longer and longer to do stuff. At this point, I'm like, yeah. Even, even, even if they announce a new park at the new times they're doing it, I'd be like, yeah, I don't, I'd probably be too old if I'm well, not yeah. alive to see it, you know? Because they'll be like, every, every ride's going to take 15 years. Yeah. At least. Maybe longer. Maybe 20. Well, longer because it's taken Tron five years to get built. That means that railroad, that train has been down for about five yeah, years. Guardians of the Galaxy has been many years. Yeah, many, it's many been years. like, it's... that's been four years. I remember when they, you know, started doing that. So well, what would I, they I do? What would they do with a new park? It'd be like, I guess it's none of my business because I don't know if I'd be around to ever see it. It's, they're yeah. just too, they don't move quick enough. And that's why I'm very sensitive to their crappy rides they do now. I'm like, I don't have time to deal with runaway railway for the next 30 years before they change it it's like yeah uh, i'm out of my then 70s it's like i i don't have time for that we don't have time for bad rides which is why these people should be held to higher standards because life is limited the disney company's not but our lives are i'd like to see something good and i feel like i've missed a lot of it and, and it ain't coming back well, that's it. It's a it's a temporal restriction, right? That we have on our lives, and and they don't care about that. So. Yeah, they really. And I know corporations are run to be run forever and be infinite and all, but you know, it still sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. It's like I'd right. Like I want to see. see that I'd stuff. like I'd like to see all all their mistakes fixed, but based on like journey into imagination. And, uh, you know, it's just I, it, by the time it's done, it's not going to matter. And I can tell you that at the time they announced like uh, uh, Avatar yeah. part, my daughter was excited at that point. She was a little kid. She saw it in the movie. She's like, yeah, that's going to be so great. By the time they they were done, she was basically an adult and had no interest in the movie anymore. That's how slow they moved. They talked about it for years and years and years they slowly did it they eventually drug their feet on everything and you know it's nice when it's done but 
at that rate, it's just a sad rate when you think about that. It's like, oh, you 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 have a small child and they announce something. It's like, well, they could be adults before they ever see it. So it's not really, I don't know. I don't think kids should even care about Disney announcements. They're going to be kids when it's done. <laughs> so, no. just well, that's sad. the thing. I if you think that. about the life cycle of a child and, and how they, you know, how innovation happens and, and everything, by the time they take the risks and they actually decide to do it, um, there there is a, a life cycle there where kids um, just no longer are really interested in Disney, right? I mean, you know, there's yeah. there's like a period of time from, I don't know, like maybe 12 or 13 till maybe their early 20s or late teens where it's just like, ah, I'd rather go to Universal, you know? So you're right. They're not going to see that. That that was me. I was like that, and I think a lot of teenagers are like that. But yeah, I never went as too much for me though. But it 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 was just it's just one of those things. And like I said, I watched it with my daughter. I'd watch the announcements and say, "Wow, that looks great." Except that you know, of how old will I be by the time it happens? That it's just not. And Again, a lot of people say, oh, you complain too much. What are you going to do? It's just enjoy the ride, whatever, whatever. Our lives and Disney time are so, like I said, when they make a crappy ride in place of the great movie ride, before they admit it and replace it, I may not be around to even see that. And it's so sad that I basically am just like, yeah, I have to accept this forever now. There is no, by the time they realize that it's uh, that it was a mistake and actually decide to fix it that's just so far in the future that it's not even worth thinking about yeah well i wonder you know i mean that that's thing like i don't think the tron light cycle is a risk at all no. um it's it already, already in another it's country successful. And yeah <laughs> and same thing with ratatouille as i said it's also yep. in another country um guardians of the galaxy the actual track i believe is an off-the-shelf coaster so and and it's a proven commodity that that is a proven ip so i don't really I do hope it's great though. i, I do too i, I do have too. high hopes for it i i mean i'm I, you know the seven doors mine train <laughs> that was that wasn't a risk i mean uh, the the ride vehicle maybe was a little bit but um it wasn't a risk as far as an attraction goes that's you know a time tested and loved beloved uh ip so again i i just think short of um flight of passage i mean even the star wars stuff like they were going to win with that star wars stuff you know, all they had to do was apply money, just apply money, and they were going to win. Um, you know, I, they they really didn't as far as like how they've conducted themselves there in many aspects. Let's face it. I mean, you have plenty to say about that. But um, I, I think the rides themselves that they built there, not really risky, you know. Well, here, here's another. Here's a, here's my take on that one, too. The biggest mistake that Disney makes over and over is assuming greatness and assuming franchises. They do it when they do it to movies, and they did it when they when it came to Star Wars. They're like, we're going to build them both at the same time because we know they'll be great. I wish they would have built, say, California first and then say, all right, it really didn't do what we thought it did. Let's rethink this for Orlando. They would have spent the same money probably well a little bit more because of re- redesign but that's what 
that's what Universal's doing with Nintendo Land, starting in Japan. Then they're going to do it in California. And then they're going to do it in Orlando. And by the mm-hmm. time they get to Orlando, it's not a copy anywhere. They're, it's going to be the uh, the uh, top one is going to end up being Orlando because they're going to take what they learned from the other two and make adjustments and changes and not do it all at the same time and assume it'll be great. It's like, yeah, you could assume that, but that's usually where things get bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Do you, is there anything else you can think of that they really took a risk on? I I recently um, on Disney Plus watched the uh, the behind the uh, scenes story or whatever that, that one that um, – is on Disney Plus now, or that that series that's on there right now, and they talked about the haunted mansion and how that developed and stuff. And they they did do some risky things uh, with the haunted mansion, some of the concepts that they employed there. Um, I don't think they have Imagineers like that anymore that think outside the box. Well, basically, Walt Disney, everything he did was pretty much a risk, and only because. Every turn he took, he was told, you can't do this, this won't work, can't do this, this won't work. And eventually, people listened to him. But as soon as he died, they went right back to going, oh, no, you can't do that. And he wasn't there to prove him wrong. So that's why Epcot fell apart. But basically, everything Disney did was a risk, you know. It was all new. And yeah, I say it a lot and it's uh, people don't like to hear it because, you know, every cast member is great and Imagineers are the best things ever. I don't believe either of those things. I don't I, I, I think Imagineers could be great, but they're not because they're not back in the day. They were like, come up with an idea. Let's go show yeah. show me your best ideas and we'll start there. Now they're going, here's the movie based on sales projections that we're going to recreate. And we'll tell you exactly what you can and can't do. And that's yep. it. It's like, yeah, well, that's, you still need talent to do it. But it's not, Imagineer was a was a made up name given to people who did stuff that nobody else in the world did because they were coming up with ideas that people loved, that built the parks, that built generations of people that just loved the idea. And I remember hearing the original Imagineers say, we don't know how to find these ideas, but when we when we come across one, we know it. Like mm-hmm. you know, it just clicks. You're like, this is it. This is this this is gonna work. But it comes out of pure just playing and and adjusting and being having freedom. I think you need freedom to be an Imagineer at least to a point. And mm-hmm. I feel like they don't have any now. They're like, here's your jobs and. By the way, you'll all be fired as soon as your project's done. Good luck with that. And here's exactly what it needs to be. Um, we don't really need Ima- Imagineers. The marketing guys will tell you what to do. It's like, yeah, that's that's yep. working great for TV and movies, right, guys? Think of all the great classic te- television and movies are coming out recently. It's a golden age. Oh, wait, it's all crap. I wonder why. Hmm. It's a mystery. <laughs> Well, and the other, yeah, <laughs> the other part of that too is the fact that Imagineering—we don't even know 
what Imagineering is anymore because they've opened it up to so many different modalities now. It's like you have psychologists, you have marketers, you have accountants, you have, and that's not the type of thing that Imagineers used to be. It, it used to be people like Bob Gurr, you know, a guy who was basically a gearhead that could, you know, he, he loved things in motion and he loved designing and, and making things happen that were in motion. Um, you know, you have people like Tony Baxter, who was an idea man and, and was just obsessed with taking the impractical and making it practical and, and creating, you know, I these always magic feel sad rocks. when they take people like him and go, we're going to make them part of the Splash Mountain team to get rid of it. Yeah. It's like he just works there and he, he's going to do it. But Splash Mountain was a challenge to say, all right, here's what we got make something work and he came up with it and now they're telling him exactly what needs to happen and why and get it's like i don't i don't think they need him for that but they decided you know he's gonna stand near it because that'll make people less angry i guess i don't know no i I think it like you said it does seem more symbolic than anything like i don't think he has an issue with them tearing it apart and redoing it because i think he you know i mean he really takes that to heart that things are going to change you know and people people look at that and they say well he's involved and it's got to be great but that's not necessarily true issue he has no right to his own opinion so that's where we live now too i'm not saying he does or doesn't i'm saying you would never know that's true that's a great point you you think someone who works for disney can tell you what they actually think i don't think you can and again there's another problem but i guess it's always been like that to some point i i I do like i really wish he's pretty much volunteered to completely come out of retirement just to do the um the the journey into imagine like redo that whole thing. Oh yeah, but they don't need to fix that. It's fine. Yeah, that's right. Splash Mountain <laughs> needs to be fixed. I don't. I think that uh, there's a lot of people that are offended by Journey into the Imagination, and they oh, come I from know. all races, creeds, and colors. Yeah, everybody's offended by its existence <laughs> at all. But that's okay. Splash Mountain. Yeah. Oh well. Nah. How the heck did we get on that Disney? Because Disney doesn't take chances anymore. If you would have told Michael Eisner this stuff, he would have said, you know what I could do with that money? Why? We're not fixing what's not broke. Let's let's do something good, you know? So, again, I I am of the opinion, too, that Bob Iger, and I know that's very unpopular, I think he was a terrible CEO. He's all about money, movies, synergy. You know, he's tall and handsome, but I don't personally care about that i care about what he does and i wasn't mm-hmm. impressed with anything that buying stuff buying stuff that would have been better off without him i i don't i'm not a, i'm not impressed how many people do you know that 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 would say disney ruined star wars and even marvel to a point maybe maybe yeah. the movies were good but i hear the comics are basically nobody likes them anymore so i i yeah i personally think they're garbage but you know, I, I mean, they've taken a lot of characters that uh, that were really near and dear to me growing up, and I still uh, paid attention to it uh, into my 40s. And over the last several years, it's just complete crap. So 
you know. Well, I'm glad they haven't really looked too close at the X-Men yet, because I love the X-Men. I love the cartoons, even the comics. I've only bought a few comics in my life, and they were X-Men. Mm. I thought it was so cool seeing Wolverine smoking cigarettes, and it's like, what yeah. does he care if it damages his lungs? He's like, damaged and fixed. Boom. Who cares? Yeah. You know? yeah. He has exactly. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh... As far as risks, I can't tell you. Like maybe harmonious is a risk. We'll we'll see. I don't know. We you, you know, know we don't know that yet. River of Light was a risk, I guess, and oh. they failed at it. So they need yeah. I don't know. They need Imagineers, I guess, that are used to doing that. They probably gave Rivers of Light to the guys who have been make mimicking movies for the past twenty years, and they were like, I don't know what to do with this. We don't have any ideas. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's not our job, is it? All yeah, those guys retired. We don't have ideas. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of Rivers of Light, even though it was a, a failure. At least they tried, you know? I mean, they yeah. took a risk. Yeah, I was so. glad they tried, but yeah, they just been having bad luck with trying, so. Yeah, yeah, well. I don't know. I don't really see anything else along those lines that they're doing lately, and that's the problem, right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that isn't necessarily as memorable as the as the stuff that happened at least I think during the of course during the Walt Disney era but definitely during the Michael Eisner era I mean Michael Eisner was res- partially responsible for you know the uh, MGM Studios at the time you know the uh, what's now the Disney Hollywood Studios and and also uh, for Animal Kingdom. Oh, yeah. That's what they 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 said that they were going to do a movie pavilion at Epcot, and Eisner said he loved the idea so much. He goes, "This needs to be its own park because yeah. this isn't just a pavilion." And yeah, that's what I mean. I I don't know what's wrong with people in general, but uh, you know, everybody loved Iger and everyone hated Eisner, and no, I, I think I, I think now people are starting to to realize that yeah they have an appreciation for yeah, him right if you really like money then you know um yeah bob Iger was your guy because he loves money too he would nickel yeah. and dime you and take all the money like uh although eisner did pull De- disney out of close to bankruptcy he brought him back but he wasn't yeah. willing to spend that money too like he spent so much he called it the disney decade and just mm-hmm. we should do a podcast on eisner to talk about we should the awesome stuff that he did mm-hmm. you know, that he good. that's the thing like his as far as risks go uh dang he was gonna make that that american theme park in virginia you know, mm-hmm. and and that would have been a huge oh. risk, and it would have happened had the locals not uh, thrown a fit about it. And I think it would have been successful. You well, know, it would have been torn down the last couple of years. <laughs> That's probably true. Besides it would that, have, who knows what it, what it would have been turned into? But uh, yeah, I mean, Rubble, he, most likely. <laughs> Um, California Adventure was something else. That was another risk that he took. It failed at first, but they, you know, I mean, they had to retool it. And uh, a lot of the rides, let's face it, he took the risk that um, that one limousine ride or whatever out there. California Adventure was one of the worst rides ever, I guess they say. But, you know, so I guess it's fair to say that Disney doesn't take risks anymore but they did mess a lot of stuff up taking those risks but that's still where all my favorite stuff came from the risk right you know? yeah 
Exactly. So you got to fail some of them. And, you uh, do. Yeah. I, I heard California Adventure was another budget cut nightmare, though, that just ended up not what it was supposed to be. So Yeah. But That's again, I don't know much about it. That's probably true. Remember, they were going to do Westcott, you know, out there. Yeah. And uh, that was a really going to be a lot. And then they ended up settling on California Adventure, which had to be retooled. And now they don't even want Epcot, which no. was a risk. <laughs> and people learned to love it over 30 years. After 35 years, people grew up with it and and loved it. And now they're changing everything about it. So that's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, except for Journey into Imagination. That should stay forever. Everything else has to go. Yep. That's <laughs> pretty smart. That's, uh, yeah. that, I mean, they could have done, like, uh, instead, like a, um, what do you call it, like a splash pad with figment or something, you know? I mean, that would have been... <laughs> they could have put it back there with the fountains, you know? Got rid of the fountains, just kept the water piping back there, made a splash pad with figment. <laughs> I just wish if we had to have this stupid pandemic crap, I wish if 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 we had to have it, I wish it would have came earlier before yeah. they ripped Epcot down because I have a feeling that whole project would have been scrapped and I would have said, oh, the one good thing to come out of this, Epcot, could have been saved. Basically, Spaceship Earth would have already been gone and turned into some weird storytelling thing. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which looked so inappropriate for Epcot, just did not oh, look yeah. like it at all so but again it's already future world's gone now it's neighborhoods or something i, I don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't think anyone really neighborhoods but these neighborhoods they don't make sense it's just yeah and so you know i don't know that again that's some psychologist thing i think it uh, that they call an imagineer now so yeah all right, John. Well, I think we talked a little bit about risks there, and uh, we, you know, you kind of drew the conclusion there that they're really not taking taking any of those risks that they used to find success and failure at. Um, uh, again, I, I'm sort of, you know, you and I will see Harmonious its first official night. I'm kind of, uh, I don't know if I consider that a risk or not because they're throwing IP in there. I mean, yeah. I think it's going to be IP heavy, but yeah. I like I like the fact that they said they're using all different languages and stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like it might be impressive. So, I'm yeah. I definitely yeah. am not saying it's bad yet or you know worse because uh, Illuminations wasn't either of our favorite thing ever. It just was nice. So I, yeah, we'll see. Well, let's uh, let's keep an open mind, I guess, and see what happens. Oh. We'll see what happens. All right, John, how did your social media do this week? Um, I think it's slowly getting back to what I would call normal, meaning, you know, the uh, I did have a, a little bit of growth there for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think and I had it because I was shared by a couple of uh, big accounts. So, you know, I'm up to forty seven thousand two hundred and some followers and it's weird i was just looking and my professional dashboard disappeared i was usually i can see more information on that but anyway the whole thing's kind of going right back down like i could see my reach and my reach you know went up a lot uh, you know like two weeks ago and now it's all gone back down where 
I, I, I like I put up a picture and I'll get. So I'm trying to. Yeah, I can get like you know a little under a thousand likes on a picture or video, but it takes a couple days to get there. And like last week, one of my stuff went back up close to normal temporarily. I could do that in a few hours, you know. Like mm-hmm. I get a couple thousand, and so yeah, it, it kind of went way down again. Yeah, there's like one picture I got 543 likes on. Again, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things. Uh, my my reach was recut, hmm. but I will continue to uh, continue to try my best. Oh, there it is, the dashboard. They moved where it was. So, but anyway, I, I'm trying to think of what did well. I I did that thing with uh, Alien Encounter, and that did very well. Like that got 1,500 likes, 17,000 reach. Um, but that's all from my people, almost nothing from anywhere else. And even with 201 shares, I still got zero followers from it. So that's back to normal, like no followers wow. ever yeah. for any reason. So, But I did get contacted by, what is the name of them? Uh, Beautiful Destinations. Hmm. And they want to use my divine video and they'll give me credit and blah, blah, blah. And they just wanted to know if it was all right. And I said, yeah, they're probably going to do it in October. And, you know, they have 21.7 million followers. Wow. And uh, then they have one called Beautiful Hotels, which is 4.6 million followers. So they have a lot of followers. So if you show my video to 21 million people... You know, maybe I can get another thousand out of that. I don't know if I'm lucky. I really would like to get to fifty thousand. Yeah. I know it's just a number, but it sounds cool to say fifty k. You know? Yeah, like it sounds a, like a cool number. But that's a goal, you know. That's a goal that you had set, and that's what you're trying to reach. Yeah, we'll see. I might do some giveaways too. Like I have a lot of signs and things I could give away, so maybe that would help to. Uh, up my followership a little bit but i just yeah. don't like to i don't like to you use that to grow though i feel like that's artificial growth if you don't want to follow me but you might win something then you do yeah. but it, like the last time i gave something away i think i gave away a soap container and i said you don't have to do anything to win <laughs> like you don't have to tag anybody as long as you're following me, just comment anything below and you'll be in the running, you know. And that did really good. And people were actually happy that I didn't make them jump through hoops to try to win, you know. So that's, I don't know. That's the right way to do it. It is. But I need my, if, if I want artificial growth, I'm good. Yeah, right. Tell yeah. them and 10 of their friends need to follow me. That's right. Tell them, uh, Tell them they'll win a sign that says uh, <laughs> "Cool AF" or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah! Speaking of that, my my good friend Spokesman, I uh, and again he's a really cool guy, nice guy. I like him. Mm-hmm. If I see him again, I would certainly would love to talk to him again. But I'm sure he don't listen to me anyway. But anyway, he had said in one of his stories because I I follow him. He said something like this music really speaks to me or something about the new Epcot music. And I'm like, (laughs) man, that's who they're making it for. These young bro guy dudes, you know, he's, he's really liking it. And I, every time I hear it, I'm like, 
I won't remember this in 10 seconds when I walk by and I really miss the Epcot music. It always put me in such a good mood. And I'm like, he actually likes it. And, you know, I'm not doubting that he does. Again, I just think there's more of him than there is of me. Well, based on the fact that he has a huge following and stuff, obviously there is. So there's more people that enjoy that than, you know, old Epcot music. So... Well, I just thought that was interesting. It's hard to tell. I mean, honestly, it's uh, keep in mind that you know those guys, those those men and women that are vloggers. They can't say anything negative, so they can't be completely honest about anything. You know what I mean? He didn't have to. He didn't have to say it though, right? Disney I was didn't invite say, him, with him to though, an event. I don't feel like he's one of them. I I feel like. If Disney didn't invite him to something, he don't really care. And I don't even see him at everything. I don't know if he turns it down or doesn't get invited. But he's one of them that I feel like isn't a, I'll do what you tell me for free stuff, you know. Yeah. But again, he's, he's I, I, I don't think he'd, I definitely don't think he'd say that without thinking it. But again, I don't know. Maybe Disney said, we got the young people need to like this music. Make sure you say you like it. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be the weirdest thing. no no and and it wouldn't surprise me if someone in their marketing department didn't reach out to him and and like give him some kind of incentive or something you know yeah we'll oh. give you we'll give you three free dessert parties what he doesn't realize is he's gonna end up with in the hospital afterwards <laughs> oh yeah one other thing too and uh yeah my instagram is acting really weird but the uh I got a lot of comments. I posted the Tumble Monkeys today, too. Oh, yeah. And then Instagram blocked it immediately and said that oh. I don't own the music to the Tumble Monkeys. Mu and I was like, I said, take the ads off. You know, I don't care. I'm just trying to post it. Anyway, I said that that I really missed the Tumble Monkeys. They were my favorite part. And it's it just wouldn't be the same without them. I've never been back to see Festival of the Lion King. But a lot of people... Literally, some didn't know they were gone, but almost everybody said, bring them back. I agree. My family was there three weeks ago. It's not the same. So sad. I feel like the show is, mi is missing a lot. If they wanted to change it, they should have made it better and not worse. I completely agree. Saw this ye ye yesterday. It's not the same. It's like, it, that's just crazy. Agree 110%. Disney, bring back the Tumble Monkeys. It's like, it's like um, the people seem to have no noticed it too. But again, I just, I didn't see any of that. I just saw all the bloggers go saying, oh, I'm crying. It's so great. You know, like I was like, eh. Yeah, that, that, you're, that is a big highlight of that show too. I, I mean, it, it comes at such a great moment. And uh, those, those people are just absolutely talented and again it's like a big part of the connection with the audience in that show so i don't i don't understand you know it it, it can't be covid it, it just can't be like a covid thing it's just i don't know you've got to wonder how much of it is just cost savings oh yeah bob chapek used this as an opportunity like the entertainment's not gone but i still think it's safe to say it's been gutted meaning they, they cut that up as much as they could, and mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to have to beg anyone to come back. And there's a lot of people that don't come back, so yeah, 
So right. and and at this point, it's really bad because like I think they started. They called my wife's old uh, managers. I don't think any of them went back. Like Disney's mm. like, oh, we want you want to come back to the salons. I think every one of them said no, I don't. Because mm. why? It's been like two years. That I, and and the next the next uh, virus, I'm sure, is right around the corner. There's always going to be one, so yeah. they're, they're going to get thrown in the garbage again. And my wife was the same way. They didn't ask her, but she said if they do, she doesn't want to go back because the place she works now, she built up a big clientele over the past year and a half. She has customers that want her to cut their kids' hair, their hair. She makes good tips. It's very consistent. Whether or not a new virus comes up or not, she's going to have a job. She's doing well. And while she would love to work for Disney, she's like, like it just wouldn't be a smart thing to do because they'd be like, oh, thanks. Oh, look, another virus. Yep, gone. Another yeah. virus. It's like, so I have, a, and the re- reason I brought that up was because I have a feeling a lot of the entertainment is like that too. They're probably like, it's been two years. I've moved on. And if I come back to you, I may be cut in two months. There's no mm-hmm. guarantee of anything from you. Why would I come back there? So, yeah. Yeah, that's my thought. And again, I I know I only know a small slice of it. But like I said, I'm pretty sure my wife said out of her four managers, every one of them said no. They don't. They don't want the offer. They don't want Hmm. to come back. So that's that's pretty telling. That when you're treated like that, why would you want to? That is that. Yeah, definitely is. Well, did you? find out anything else? like how did your universal social media go this week ah, that's that's been going good that's been that's been slow and steady i i mm. you know i'm up to twenty thousand mm, twenty thousand one hundred and eighty four so it's not there were there was no big spikes in that but that one actually seems to have a slow growth lately instead of slow mm. loss so that one's been doing good and i'm surprised because sometimes when i mix in horror nights that's a negative thing because there's you know people from other countries well think about it people that go once a year they see you know they see the uh, texas chainsaw massacre guy hitting his thing against the window and they're like whoa what the heck is that like i only only go once a year in the summer ah this is disturbing (laughs) it's like (laughs) so it can turn some people off but Overall, people seem to like it. And one of my biggest surprises was I put a, like, eight-second video of uh, Cabana Beach up. Nothing special. Literally just looking around the lobby. My daughter got it for me. And that that got 466 likes and mm. 28 shares, 12 comments, which is really good. Like, to me, I was like, I didn't know if anyone would like it at all, but people love Cabana Bay. They were all saying they loved it. Cabana Bay, their favorite hotel. And one guy said it needs paint or something. And I'm like, what is he talking? This thing was just built. But there's always some nut out there. The bigger I get, the more I get nuts coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Oh, and if anyone ever messages me, don't send me a message and just say hi. Because... (laughs) That's exactly how the scammers start. They just yeah. need to open a dialogue and then they jump right in the nonsense. So when I see hi, I say delete. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on, but you don't need to say hi weirdly on uh, social media. That 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 to me says scam. Open the mm-hmm. dialogue for a scam. 
Will they will they react? If so, then proceed to step two of scam. Then that's about it. That I've gotten plenty on um, TikTok that have just said hi, and I've actually made the mistake of responding to some of them, just saying hello back, and then it's like a never-ending barrage of constant, uh, you know. Um, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know how they what they're in either, but. I don't it, know, it, but. it it feels like if you answer your phone from an unknown number, they're like, he answered. Everybody call him, call him, yeah. call him. It's like, yeah. I don't... It's like the flood of them. Mm-hmm. How's your TikTok going? Oh, it's going so well that I forgot. <laughs> I forgot I had TikTok. <laughs> Good. Yeah, everything I've done lately is very small. Hundreds, hundreds. Yeah. I, I'm my growth has slowed to a screeching halt, but the reason part of the reason is the fact that I'm not really posting much over there right now. I've kind of run out of content that I want to post, you know, like I have stuff, but there's nothing that I look at and I say to myself, boy, I want to post that. So I guess until I get some content on this trip and of things that I find interesting, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to post it. And, I so. just don't, I don't think people, my style of stuff just doesn't yeah. do well on TikTok. But I mean, I, once in a great while, I might be able to come up with something clever. Yeah. I just don't have the TikTok brain. I'm not. I'm not going to put a large amount of time into this. I'm not going to yeah. plan my video. I'm not going to do voiceovers. I'm not going to... I There's so much that I'm not going to do that it's probably not really worth doing all that much. Although I'm going to. Like, I'm, I'm still doing fine, but I probably gained, like, two or three followers in a week mm-hmm. where, you know, it's just not impressive. And I've been posting once per day consistently. I put mm-hmm. something up. And even stuff that does good on Instagram just gets nothing. Like, like I put up one the other day of a drawing Olaf in the queue for Frozen Ever After. Like, uh, I think, I don't know what the guy's name is, Sven or something. He draws him and then he puts his face. That does that did great on Instagram. On, on TikTok, 361 views. And I just feel like I was getting pushed out there for a while. And now... Yeah. I'm getting nothing, literally. So, again, I don't really, not that I don't care, but I'm not surprised. I didn't think I would be, uh, but I, I did for a while there. I was getting crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's kind 36, of. 36,000, 19,000. Um, oh, even, even that picture of the stage was 76,000. I did like a video clips of that stage when it was there temporarily. 76,000. I was like, holy crap. I was on fire. Everything I put up was just wow. Everything was in the yeah. The Little Mermaid, thirty-eight thousand. Like everything I put up was just thousands. And then it went yeah, hundred. And it's hmm. like oh man, I can't even break a thousand this week. <laughs> and I thought I put some good stuff up. Some of the stuff I really liked. Yeah. But again, yeah. apparently not. Well, it, it is. It was actually good quality stuff, it's, and I really like. Uh, your style and the things that you do there on TikTok. I just, you know, it's going to take a while. Like Gen Xers are really taking off on uh, TikTok. And, you know, when that happens, um, you know, you have you, you have people that identify with our generation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same generations. I guess so, it's I just hard, though, because I honestly don't even like TikTok that much myself. I, so how too. am I supposed to make content that people like on tiktok when i don't even like tiktok i would basically have to make content 
that I don't like <laughs> so that it works well on TikTok. <laughs> and it's like, it's so hard to do. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I want to maintain a present. You know, if I can think of something cool sometime, I'll do it. But mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep putting stuff up. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I should just go out and hit the cameras with water every day. You know? <laughs> I'll have millions of followers. The sad thing is, dumb things like that do work. Like, I see people that do nothing but take pictures of the castle all day in and day out. And I'm like, that is so boring. How many times do you want to see the same picture? It's like, lots of people. I'm like, man, that's my mistake. I have a, I do a large variety of things. (laughs) Just pick one. Yeah, you could probably write a, or um, come up with like a, a Disney riverboat TikTok. There's only one, you know, there's only one riverboat at Disney World. Yeah. And, you know, you could just like do video, like TikToks of the of I the riverboat do, all I day just long. just do Spaceship Earth TikTok. What, yeah, you yeah. don't like Spaceship Earth? Then don't follow me, I guess. Well, yeah, I like Spaceship Earth. I'm going to follow this account. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll just put videos yeah. of Spaceship Earth every day. I should do a monorail one, like I said. I walk around the resorts and I'm like, monorail, monorail, yeah. monorail. I, I record them all the time for no reason. I could literally just have 18,000 monorail clips with whatever the most popular music is right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's have, dumb. You know, It'd probably be extremely successful. <laughs> I guarantee it. You could put it on there, like take all your footage of the monorail and just to, to the beat of the music go boom, boom, boom. Bump, 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 you know, yeah, and whatever like whatever the most popular the sound is, throw it yeah. in with 12 monorail clips <laughs> per sound, and every day that's all they do. And uh, do you like the TikTok Disney monorail or not? Oh, I like the monorail. I'm going to follow that. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> we got it. I, I don't get yeah. it. It's so dumb. It might work. I don't know. I, I, I know, and I just don't understand the, uh, I don't understand the algorithms involved. I don't understand. It just doesn't make sense, you know? There's mm-hmm. got to be something, but I just, I haven't figured it out yet. All right, John, I don't know. Uh, what, how do they find you? How, how, how can people find you online? Well, they can look for C.WDW at Facebook, at Instagram, at uh, TikTok, CWDW on YouTube. You can look at C.UO on Instagram. I think that's about it. Yeah. And... You can find me at the giant rat on Instagram and on TikTok, which we were just talking about. And there will be more content on there coming up shortly uh, after the, probably during and after the trip to the parks that I'm going to take here this week. So, anyways, that should about do it for this week. See you next week. <laughs>